Hey, welcome to episode 139 of the Collector's Quest podcast. I just got married, Stefan and Johnny were there, so in the theme of the moment, we're doing collectible two-pack games. Because everything has to be a theme, just podcast themes, what a concept. Anyway, tell your friends about the show, tell your mom about the show even. Give us five stars on iTunes, let's just get this started as fast as possible. To another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler here with Johnny and Stefan. What's going on, guys? What did you do last weekend? Might have gotten the coronavirus. That's not true because <laughs> something very important happened this weekend, guys. Stefan came over to my house and then immediately bought a Star Trek pinball machine. Yeah, you know, I I, I wasn't even home yet. I, I ordered it online. <laughs> uh, you ordered, did you buy it on eBay? Uh, I well, I found it on eBay and then negotiated offline. So that's uh, you should be pretty right, pleased. This is at that. least slightly better than paying ten yeah. percent eBay for. All right, and, and uh, it was also kind of local. Yeah, it was kind of local, and it had um, all the LEDs and the color DMD already done with new rubbers and stuff. So it was it, it's pretty. I like it a lot. I, it's pretty. You know, I, I know Stefan's really excited to talk about that, but I'm more excited to talk about that we were at your wedding. That's what that's what we were doing. We went and we got to see Tyler's game room, which was nice. But better than that was uh, getting to meet Ada and Tyler's family and watch him get married. That was very nice. But better than that was to nope. talk to your college friends about what you were like in college. Yes, we got to meet Kimmy and Carol and Ben. Yeah, they Shout out to Kimmy and Carol. They they listen to the podcast. Big fans of the show. What's up, guys? Yep. That's that was really weird for me. Stefan's like, I met these girls uh, who listen to the show. I was like, what? What are they yeah. doing? I guess they're Tyler's friends. I'm like, Tyler's friends listen to the show. Yeah, they I had my, no idea. They came up. They came up to me like super excited, and they went, "Oh my god, are you Stefan?" And I'm like, "Uh oh god, yes." And they're like, "We listen to your podcast." It was very very <laughs> sweet. They made I, like specific references to the yeah, podcast. Specific not even references, lying. yeah, and specific references to like recent episodes too. So like they, uh, they're all caught up. I'm, I was very impressed. Yeah, well, they even referenced the security episode. Yep, it's not even one of our best episodes, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, they even listened to the episodes that nobody listens to. Oh, the Odyssey <laughs> two episode. That's right. Hey guys, let hey. me know if you listen to the Odyssey two episode. Hey, a lot of people listen to that episode. Yeah. More people than the Star Wars episode. You beat Star Wars. <laughs> Woo! Hey, nice synchronization. Yeah. Yeah, so uh Tyler, they told us all about, you know, you wearing mostly black in college and uh oh Some the giant painted like, nails. Giant giant anime posters in your dorm room there, guy. Yeah, so we uh, yes. heard you were a little bit of a weebo and uh little emo at the same time. Uh yes, these are all weebo. fairly accurate weebo. statements. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we were actually so, going to have these stories when you were already on your honeymoon, so like you couldn't refute them, but but this is a good time, too. Oh, no. Uh, just like I figured I had to print like one picture across multiple pages, and so just giant like self-made posters of, of anime. It was the best. Wow. 
And and Ada still liked you, huh? She, you know, we were long distance <laughs> for a long time. She was three hours away. She didn't have to live there. That's fair. Uh, yeah, so, but, uh, fun wedding story. Um, the wedding was great. I, I was very happy with how the wedding went. Uh, the DJ was horrible. Um, which is fine because like 75% of what he had to do was just put on songs that drunk white people will dance to. Uh, and that all went great. Uh, but you could not hear him at all. And I did the sensible thing and I gave, this is a, this is a scathing effort by Tyler. I gave him a three star review on Google and then I immediately got a $200 refund by the company. Uh, and in the refund email, they sent me three separate emails. So, um, I got two emails from two separate email addresses one minute after another uh, from the company owner. And then I got like an email through his company automated system. And these were all like separate times. So I knew he did this three separate times. And it basically said like, now that we've resolved this issue by refunding you $200 of like your $1,700 bill, please consider removing or updating the review. And it's just like, that is, that's, that's weird. I don't like service industry up- reviews anymore. You sh- yeah, you should update it and tell them then and say that they bribed you. That's that. Would I don't. Be, yeah. No, that update. see, three out of five for Tyler. That's confrontational enough for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and see if the same thing happened on eBay. Like if uh, if I had a shitty experience, not if I got like a partial refund for something that sucked, but if I had a shitty experience and then the guy like gave me all my money back or like totally made it right, I would remove my negative feedback because then I would consider that a positive outcome that means it's a seller that's like he'll work with you if you have an issue but like i have one wedding i can't go back and get a better dj for my wedding now so nope you know all wedding djs are the worst i i hate them i hated the process of meeting with every wedding dj it was the most aggravating part of my whole wedding meeting with them you know it was I, do, the most- I don't know what it is about wedding djs but they 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 make my skin crawl. They're like this weird breed of, of human that I'm, I'm out on completely. So, so my wedding DJ was also awful, but what made it like an extra layer of awful for me, you guys have probably heard me say before that I like paying for things over things being for, uh, like favors for free. Uh, our wedding DJ was a friend of Heather's who was doing it for free. And he was awful, which meant I couldn't say anything. And it was just, that is, that is the worst. Like I, I like would privately bring it up to Heather and she's like, like during the wedding, she's like, yeah, but he's doing it for free. And I'm just like, ah, oh, it that's sucks. That's not the point. Like, I would rather yeah. pay him so that I could yell at him later. <laughs> yeah, this is, oh, uh, Tyler, can I do an impersonation of your wedding DJ? Uh, <laughs> you sure can, Johnny. Okay. Hey guys, everyone, Table One. If you want to get up and hear some trivia, guys, over Table Table One. All right, I'll increase the gain by a hundred decibels, and not the volume as his voice, though, but like the actual, just the gain. Yeah. The other thing that happened. Yeah, Yeah, you should have a blinding uh, hiss behind that. Speaking of. Of white people dancing, I got to dance with Tyler's mom, and that was like the highlight of my night. Tyler's mom, big fan of the show, also uh, a very good dancer. Uh, Yeah, shout out to my mom. I had basically everyone at the wedding come up to me and tell me how cool my mom is, which is not something I would have ever assumed, uh, besides that she listens to the show. Ouch. Um, But uh, apparently I've got a cool mom, guys. You did it. You you should have known that your whole life. Why? I don't understand why you're like... Because she's my mom. I can't can't form an accurate picture of my mom. She's just my mom. She's always there. I don't yeah, know if she's fair. cool. Apparently, Good she's save. super cool. 
Good save. Yeah. Better than, my mom's cool. I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm sure people don't want to hear about, unless you have one more story. I I don't think people care about my wedding. No, we'll we'll move on. But I I do want to say this. Uh, Just back to the wedding DJ. I was feeling (laughs) a lot of stress at the beginning of your wedding because it was, they had started the walk-in and like, you walked in all awkwardly. Um, you were doing like the bride march as on your way in, Tyler. It was a really weird pace you were setting, but the oh, that uh, was because they told me I walked way too fast during my. Uh, oh, was that what it was? I'm like, oh, it I'm was like, very why deliberate. Is... Yes. Okay, I'm like, why is he walking like he's got a poop? This is a weird <laughs> walk. <laughs> so, but uh, aside from that, it was like hissing and crackling, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm my suddenly music was feeling. All fucked up. I'm feeling really bad for Ada. I'm just like, oh my God, she's going to walk out to this, this crackle and hiss. And she's going to like, instead of like focusing and looking at you, she's going to hear this hiss and her head's going to snap to the right. And I'm like, and then right as she's about to walk out, he figured it out and fixed it. I mean, the gain was still too high and it was like a little bit hissy, but it wasn't doing the horrible thing it was doing before that and crackling. So I, it was like, it was super tense for me. I was like, oh God. I was like, oh, God, oh, God. And then it fixed. I'm like, ah. It was like yeah. the end of Gone Ooh. in 60 Seconds where Nick Cage uh, makes it right in time. Your coworker or boss, the the officiant, was, is he yes. your? Yes. Uh, he, the, one of the best decisions I think you made was to not mic him. It was. Uh, Why? Because he was loud? <laughs> no, because, well, he was loud enough on his own. And with the sound system being what it was at the time, that would have. Been... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, Ada didn't even realize that the the DJ totally fucked up my my intro music or whatever. That's perfect because who you don't care, and <laughs> don't. she's you know, that's what I'm saying, and she does. So I'm I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, I was feeling a bunch of stress about that. It was, I was like literally, I, I don't know if Stephanie even knew, but I'm sitting over there, kind of like white knuckling the side of the chair. Yeah, uh, I'm like, oh god, oh god. Well, I think just yeah. about everyone in in that room at the very beginning was just like got the plastic smile, like. Oh, this is this is really not great. This this, this is fine. <laughs> it's all fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so in honor of Tyler getting married, I decided, hey, the episode today should be collectible two packs where two games come in one. You get two for one. Wow. For one. What Just a deal. Like weddings. Save yeah. on your taxes. That's right. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> And, and you get like better health insurance this way. What a win, right? Um, so anyways, on this episode, we're going to do collectible double packs or games that were two and one. You know, you got two games for the price of one. A lot of times these are bargain bin, nothing titles, uh, junk games, but they also cover some of the best games in history. They've been around a long time. If you haven't really taken the time to sit down and think about the origin of double packs and all the systems that they've proliferated through uh it's an interesting thought exercise when because like as i was thinking about it, i'm like oh yeah and this one oh and this one oh and i guess that one's really important oh and these and these and these and, and the list goes on some of the best series ever have a double pack so um yeah it's more than just a bargain bin um bullshit titles there's a lot of really good stuff and we're going to talk about uh some that are either collectible or interesting we each have two so we'll six but uh we also have some like little ancillary tales and that's what we're doing this episode any comments to that guys would you say we each have a double pack of double packs (laughs) you know you said that it's it's mostly uh 
bargain bin garbage and the best games ever. Not a lot of like double packs of kind of in the middle games thinking about it now. Like there's no GameCube Billy Hatcher Ribbit King double pack. No. <laughs> what is up with that? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think I think that it probably goes like this. These games are great. We have a bunch of them, so we'll smash them together and it'll make people buy more. Or these games are trash and no one's buying them. What if we slam it with another one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that- all Probably. the middle titles, all the middle titles sold exactly the right amount. Yeah, they're like, we made twenty thousand, <laughs> yeah. and now they're gone. Yeah, right. So, okay. Um, if we have nothing else to add to those little things, let's let's go on and let's just talk about a very famous double pack first before we get into uh, my first one, which will kind of be the origin. But if you haven't thought about it, one of the most famous titles, the one that probably. Everyone who listens to the show owns Mario Duck Hunt. Chuck Norris Super Kicks Artillery. Oh, hold on. Nope. I nope. think I have the wrong notes here. You do. You have the wrong notes. Okay. No, it's it's Mario Super Mario Duck Hunt Double Pack. Guys, what what an outstanding way to start your Nintendo collection, but by getting this gem. Everyone has it. Uh, the saddest news about this is there's no official box for this. So many yes, people have it. The so many people... action set. No. Okay, well... Sure. It's like the, the NES action set for... on it's literally cheaper than most like mid-range to high-end NES titles to just buy a full NES action set. That is true. I yeah, was gonna but... say, as far as like cultural awareness, I think this particular double pack is so popular. I I would I would wager to guess that there's a lot of people who don't even realize that those are separate releases and that you could originally get them as different cartridges. Oh, absolutely. Uh yeah, it's just it's one of the most prolific titles ever. It's, you know, uh, Americana at, a, at its finest, that double pack. It's, uh, you know, the game that everyone thinks about when they think about their NES. I mean, unless you were buying it in like 85 and 86, like pretty much everyone got this. It was packed in with the systems. You were guaranteed. Everybody knows Mario. Everyone knows the stupid duck hunt dog. Like it gets referenced in pop culture from here to wherever. I don't even think people think of it as like a true double pack when they start no. talking about double packs, uh, which is another interesting thing about it. Even when you brought so, it up tonight, it took me a beat to be like, oh yeah, all right, sure. I mean, and you could think about like, if you wanted to go down that road too, you could think about the deluxe set as a double pack as well, right? Because it came packed in with two games yeah, as well. So Not I mean, really, there's- Because that's- that's more of a console pack in situation, but sure. Yeah, but I mean, like along the lines, you just the way double packs are have just been an industry standard and like trying to give you two for one, just the idea of this two for one has been it's been very early on in video gaming. And I, I I'm sure there's a bunch of PC stuff that uh predates this stuff, but we don't we don't look into that because uh PC isn't collectible, right? Right, Tyler? Uh stop it. Uh, you know who just did a an episode on PC games? Reserved Investments. I think he said that like they're garbage, but whatever. Oh um, man, did he need to do a bunch of research for to find that out or what? He doesn't need to do research. He's a human encyclopedia. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sp- there was also you know the prevalence of early on the the like big box retailers and. When I say big box, I'm not talking like Target, but I mean like Price Club and uh, back then where they were just literally shrink wrapping two games together and selling them as double packs. 
Well, the the idea of two for one being a great value is as old as bartering and trading. This is not like sure. a new idea. So, uh, which I, I also find it interesting. Like everyone wants to get two for one. This is like the deal everyone is seeking. It is the pinnacle of deals, right? Uh, like bogos are are still a deal. Like it, I say bogo, and most people know what I'm talking about, right? So, yes. um, anyways, if you don't buy one, get one. So let's go ahead and then get into the official list. I just kind of want to touch on that history a little bit and then go a little bit with, um, go back to a little further to Atari for my first one. And it's kind of a call out to a series of games, really not just one specifically. And that is the, the play around games. And these are the Atari porn games. If you don't know, they were originally, um, the Mystique porn games, there's like Bachelor Party, Gigolo, Bachelorette, Burning Desire, Beat em and Eat em, Lady in Waiting, Jungle Fever, Night on the Town, Philly Flasher, Cat, Cat House Blues, X-Man is not part of this series. So these are double ender cards. It's my favorite double entendre. It's like the most appropriate type of game packaging for a porn game ever. Uh, I love everything about them down to the locking case with the key like this uh, fake leather like vinylish ish clamshell locking case that comes in and uh, the weird like porn style VHS VHS esque box that they're in. Um, we think bachelor party and gigolo is the first one. Uh, and we are basing this off of serial numbers. No, I'm sorry. That's the last one. Philly flasher. I've got the list in the wrong order. Philly Flasher, Cat House Blues is the first one. That's 201. Then Jungle Fever, Night on Town. Bachelor Part and Gigolo is the last one. Serial number 205. So they are expensive. They're all about $100 to $200, depending on the condition of the boxes. We talked about Beat em and Eat em, uh, a little while ago, probably a year ago now, that there was a few that had made it onto eBay and they were sitting around like $50 or $60. I hope you guys snapped those up. Um, Complete sets are on eBay right now. It's uh, a weird niche collectible that people have been buying up. They've been collectible even when a lot of Atari stuff wasn't. So go ahead and take a look at these. Try to get them complete in box. That's the best way to do it. Don't just buy a loose card of these. It's it's gross to do that. So, um, yeah, that's I all think, I got uh... on those. I think all of them are pretty easy to find sealed. Uh, like the there's complete yeah. sealed sets on eBay for under a thousand dollars. There's also though a General Retreat slash Westward Ho. Uh, General Retreat is Custer's Revenge. That's listed as a prototype on Atari Age, but I'm almost positive that's not a prototype. Uh, it only came out in Europe, but then Custer's Revenge was so controversial that it was never brought over to the states. Um, and I don't know if you uh, said this. Uh, they come with keys, so for the little leather book. Inside I said the lock, box, I said locking cases, but I oh, locking cases. Say. Yeah, it actually has like a little, a little padlock with a little it's key. So great, it is great. It's, it's darling. Uh, Play around and Mystique are kind of the same company. It's kind of like how Color Dreams spun off Wisdom Tree. So Play Around went out of business. Mystique bought all of Play Around's IP, and then they. Um, oh no, I'm saying this backwards. Uh, Mystique went out of business. Play around bought all of Mystique's IP and then they released them as like cheap double enders. Where was I going with it? So going back to what you were saying with Chuck Norris Super Kicks, uh, on Atari Age, while we were looking up things for this episode, it's really hard to find exact release dates for this stuff, but someone on Atari Age said Xanox ripped off Play Around by doing their own double enders. 
And so Xanox has a whole line of double ender Atari cartridges as well. Like Chuck Norris Super Kick slash Artillery Duel would be a pretty common one. Uh, they have uh, Ghost Manor ones. The funny part about the Xanox ones is that they'll have repeat games on it. So there's like there's definitely at least two cartridges that have Chuck Norris Super Kicks. There's definitely two that have Ghost Manor on them. But I think from what we found, these were the these were basically the earliest double packs we could find. Yep. And there is a fake double pack that gets uh, bandied about. Uh, it's not real. This is the Halloween and. Um, oh, my God. Oh, God. Fell out of my brain. Halloween and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, not real. OK, those are games. We talked about this on a Halloween episode. Seems like it should be a double pack like a double ender makes total sense that is a repro don't get fooled anyways go on tower yeah no, that's pretty much it i want to if our listeners know what the actual earliest like example of game software bundling would be that would be very interesting to me this is the earliest we could find i would almost guarantee there's something on commodore 64 or something um a, a big one that i could think of is uh cassette 50 which i believe i already talked about which is uh it was a huge shovelware compilation in uh Europe mostly on uh, Acorn Electron and ZX Spectrum. Um, yeah. Oh man, history of shovelware. We should do an episode on shovelware because shovelware got big in the '90s because of CDs. Because uh, you could put so much garbage on them. Johnny, you're getting me off track. You want you want me talking about software compilations in general now? But someone uh -huh. write to the show and tell us what the earliest uh, earliest video game compilation is. That would be fun to know. Yeah, if you have more information, that'd be great, and we'll we'll share it as well. But this and is please, what we found. And please, if no one finds it, we're just going to cement it and say, it's Philly Flash or Cat House Blues. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll go. All right, Stefan, what do you got for us? Cool. So my first one is the uh, Metroid Prime Wind Waker 2-pack for uh, the GameCube. Not to be confused with the, uh, the other uh, combo discs involving Zelda. So Metroid Prime and Wind Waker 2, they, it was a uh, a console pack-in, but only in uh, during the, the 2005 Christmas rush. So there weren't a ton of them made, uh, which makes the uh, this the most expensive one of the bunch. Uh, complete is going to be like $288. Uh, new, they're going for like $1,200. Don't do that. That sounds like a dumb idea. Game Value Now also lists a loose price, which I don't understand because <laughs> the disc and the manual uh, for both releases in the box are uh, identical to the re uh, retail releases. Best I can tell. If someone can refute that, then at me, please. That is what I have always heard as well. Yeah. The, uh, the spine annoys me because it's just flat black with bold white printing. And uh, in no, prep for this no. episode. Tell, talk about the worst part. Oh, yeah. So talk about the worst of it. So the thing that that drives Johnny's OCD up the wall is on the cover, reading left to right, it starts with Metroid Prime and then goes to The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. But you turn it to the spine and it says The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker slash Metroid Prime. So uh, which is not alphabetical. So that's real dumb. I mean, uh, but it is if you discount the but just Oh, because it's L? Oh, my God. Oh, I hate it. Oh, everything <laughs> no. about this is terrible. Yeah. I was thinking of Z, not L. <laughs> but why? Like, it would have been so Wind easy Waker. just to put Zelda on the other side. It didn't need to be this way. Also, like, Samus is oh, just... Why? 
<laughs> so yeah, this is the I mean, only this is the only multi pack on the console that involves Metroid Prime. The other Zelda multi packs are just uh, different splits of the Zelda IP. There's a promotional disc that has four classic games on it. There's a a Wind Waker slash Ocarina of Time and Master Quest on it, and then there's a one that's just Ocarina of Time and Ocarina of Time Master Quest. I I have more to say. I have more to say. Oh God! Okay, before, go about the the layout. Um, <laughs> if you if you turn it over, if you turn uh-huh. it over on the left hand side, it's yep. Wind Waker, and then on the right side, it's Metroid Prime. It's not consistent anywhere. That is kind of terrible. What the. F- is happening why is it like this i i used to only recognize the front picture and the spine but since we were looking at it i pulled it out and now i'm looking at the back of it too and it just stefan i have a question where did this come from yeah tell us where to find it um like i said it it was a it was a console pack-in but for the 2005 um holiday season who was buying a gamecube in 2005 stefan during the holiday rush, probably a lot of people. It Wasn't was the Wii cheap. out in 2005? I don't know. I thought the yeah. Wii was Wii was November 2005. What? What? 2007? See, you I shouldn't have brought this up. Now you're going to look dumb. Oh, my God. I'll just no, I, I'll cut no, it. Look. No, no, I'm <laughs> probably wrong. I, oh, I, was it I 2006? Just... What, the Xbox 360 came out in 2005. Then Wii and PS3 came out like the same weekend. Okay. Okay. Nailed I, it. I mean, I was at a convention. And then I came home for the, to get in line for that. That's all I remember about the uh, Wii. I got mine at Target. Woo. To to labor on your question a little bit, though, Tyler, what I wasn't able to easily find off the top of my head is what the box for this thing looked like. I think it might have just been strapped to the front of uh, GameCube, but I don't know that for certain. Huh. Um, here's another thing. I want to throw this out to both of you. Uh-huh. Um, and this is this goes back to one of our favorite topics here. Does it count? Does this count for the GameCube set? It's an NFR. It says so right on the back. Yeah. Uh, no. The, re- that's... the retail set. Like everyone, like we always people always love to slice and dice the retail set. I'm one of them who will slice and dice it. So does this count? This doesn't count then, right? You don't need this for a GameCube set. So you saying that it's not for resale, that's the kind of excuse that someone who's looking for a reason to discount a game would use. Um, because they would look at if there was if it was five dollars, they would just be like, oh, yeah, it counts for a set. I'll, I'll get one. Uh, I have the weirdest rules ever, though, because for me, I personally see if it's a cartridge double pack, I generally will count it except for double enders because I've got all these different rules and disc double packs. I generally don't count. And there's, there's no really great reason for it. It's mostly just that discs are a lot cheaper and easier to produce. So there's a lot more really dumb double packs. So and there's just a ton out there. So I just like I, to put it in a separate so category. So you're against collectors saving money. You're like, oh, if a collector wants to save money, that's bullshit. But when a publisher does it, you're like, yeah, that's that's good. It doesn't count. Tyler's such cheap. a fucking shill. I mean, I most, I mostly just want one copy of You're so inconsistent. This is, is nothing so about what you said is... Yeah, I was gonna say this is like the least. I collect for myself, not collecting to win awards here. Oh just... man, it's like you listen to the show and take our advice. Good one, <laughs> good refute. All right, um, Johnny, I would, I would personally call it part of the set because, like, despite that it says not for resale on the box, it was purchased at retail. I think that would probably be like I don't know if this was like given ooh. out in, in in a magazine or something. Then maybe not, but. Um, 
but it was but because it's a packing that you bought that so it was bought at retail even though they're not for resale it's more of a you can't return this to the store and get stored. right sort of like just like the the sonic the hedgehog packing yeah. right what a, okay my, well, i I'll, i've got a question I, look i hold on i'll say this just a tangent to yep. stefan's point i also count it for the set largely because it has a barcode Mm. Um, and like a lot of the ones we say that are, were, were never sold at retail, didn't have barcodes, didn't have proper packaging, didn't have to go through the SRB, even if, well, some of them, the SRB didn't exist, but there's a, to go to retail and to be in a retail, uh, product that is sold, you have to meet certain criteria, which is important. People always make these funny rules. I don't know, like Tyler, um, that to make things count or not count, but there's like an official way that things get to retail. This one had to be vetted through that process. So that's why I count it. There are three, uh, three copies of grand theft auto three on the Xbox. None of them have barcodes. Cause two Ooh. of them are in a box set and one's rental only <laughs> different rules. Didn't sell at retail. Uh, I'm pretty sure just cause I have no consistency. Oh no, this isn't, that's actually uh wind waker. Metroid prime is not in my, uh, GameCube list. Did not expect that. I don't really care about GameCube, though. So, whatever. I didn't actually go through this list. But, for you guys who are like, if it's sold, it counts. Um, one of the dumbest things on Xbox, there's uh, three of the Burger King games. Those were put into a blister pack with a, uh, a disc lens cleaner by, like, some random nobody retailer. So, is that now a multi-pack that counts for the set? No, because those were individual games rebundled. Yeah, like they probably have their original packaging and so and is those it the... ones. Those ones were already sold. This was just like leftover stock. This is like the equivalent of Target slapping on a stylus or a, a movie to it and putting it in cardboard and saying it's a new release. That's not. I don't count that. Okay, wait. So does so like Mario individual... Duck Hunt count? Mario Duck Hunt counts because that was done by the publisher, right? So, but, but that like. Was... It's a pack in, it's not for resale. No. Oh, this, this is the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not the same as like bundling with a stylus or any of this other stuff. Like Walmart does it where they like shrink wrap two games together. Target does like cardboard bundles or like they, for a long time, they were having this thing with like there's a Transformers with the movie, uh, uh, Harry Potter with a stylus. Like all this kind of shit came out no or no harry potter with the movie and then um like a mar a couple of the mario games with stylus those are just like the store did their own thing those aren't individual that's not a different variant of like the mario games that is the same mario game with a store specific packaging like i have a radio shack gamecube that came with um like uh the midway game the first midway game and metroid prime but that's not a Mar metroid prime variant or a two-pack I have a question then for you, Johnny. Yeah. The Resident Evil for GameCube bundles are ga are GameStop uh, bundles. Do those count? And because those are just those are just the retail yeah, player's choice that's a retail, in a sleeve. That's a retail exclusive. Okay. So like, yeah, that that would be just a retail exclusive. Um, and so those count for me, like because that that isn't like the store just took it on themselves. Like they went. Nintendo right, went they didn't just like thing. shrink wrap them off the shelf. Right, exactly. Right. Okay. All right. I was just curious. Um, yeah, no, so, I mean, that's how my brain works. I'm like, sure. I'm not saying, I, for everyone asking whether I'm right or wrong on this, that's just my take on it. I'm not saying yeah, I mean, right or wrong. That's I think we've said this. Works at, it out. 
we've all said this a thousand times, make your own list, right? Um, so it's not like if you came to us and asked us whether or not something counted, we might give you an opinion, but we wouldn't tell you whether or not you were right or wrong. And there doesn't just have to be like, yes, I want to collect this or no, it doesn't count. Like, I wouldn't consider, I would probably not put, Met- I, you know, I literally don't have Metroid Prime Wind Waker on my GameCube list, but it'll be one of the coolest games. If I was collecting GameCube, it would be like a top priority because Metroid Prime is one of my favorite games ever. And I only really ignore stuff when it's like budget label greatest hits platinum hits. That's when I'm like, well, well, screw that. That's stupid. Yeah, and this is two of the top games on the system and two of the highest yeah. rated games of all time. Yep. So, you know, this is what I'm talking Double packs are, are that's great. That's advice we haven't given often enough. Just because it's not on, like, the list doesn't mean, like, don't collect it. <laughs> like, if you don't consider it on the list, it might be because it's something that's super f***ing cool. That's why it's not on the list. Yeah, right. like, no, but nobody considers the um, the Maximum Carnage QVC box set part of the list, but it's f***ing cool. Uh, agree so yeah yeah and and to be fair this double pack is cool inconsistencies aside it's like this is such an easy fix it could be it could be cooler it's still like a nine 8.5 on the cool scale for me even though it's gamecube and everything it it could have been a 10 though they just oh my god made a better packaging the last thing i'll say about this because i know we want to move on is that just and i mentioned it at the top of my conversation is that uh the internal discs and um, manuals are identical to the single retail releases. There is no additional content to the set. So if you were to find the sleeve or, ju- or you know, like an empty box, you could piece one together uh, using retail releases. You do it. Which people do and sell on eBay as like reprinted insert art and they'll put it up for like $100. Don't buy those. Yeah, don't oh be God. suckered. Yeah, make I've sure seen it's at least one insert. of those sell for over a hundred dollars. That's I'm probably how dumb. the disc only listings happen. <sighs> so, so, yeah, don't get duped. Um, all right. So, Tyler, what is uh, what's your first one? Uh, I've got uh, the Pokemon Sun and Moon Amazon Steelbook Pack. I hate it. It's my least favorite thing. <laughs> Wow, it's hate... super new too. What are you <laughs> doing me, talking about? Let me about tell this? you about this thing. I hate it. Uh, I'm trying <laughs> Hold to think. on, why are you talking about something so current? Well, so I took a pretty big break from Pokemon, I think after Heart Gold and Soul Silver. And this was like my this is it. This looks like a brand new thing. I'm coming back to Pokemon. It looks amazing. It's gonna be awesome. So, first of all, it's not even a good Pokemon game. I don't like these games. Pokemon, every game is still made for six-year-olds. I realize that's just how it's going to be forever. But, oh my God, can we please trim some of the constant tutorializing and lack of any challenge that these games have? Second of all, it's an Amazon exclusive that is a cardboard box game, meaning 100%, probably not 100, like 99% of you got this in a bubble mailer or it came in a cardboard box that did not have enough of those bubble envelopes in it. So I imagine a lot of these are damaged. Uh, Third of all, Pokemon Sun and Moon were replaced by Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon like less than a year later, if I remember correctly. Almost immediately, yeah. These games were like, oh, you just bought this game? Those games are garbage. Buy our new game, $40. (laughs) They literally announced the new ones like the day or two after I finished the first one. I was very annoyed. Yeah, and they're... There was a bunch of like weird retailer incentives. So there's a bunch of variants of this box too, of the double pack of this. 
like where you got like energy or like uh, figures in one of them. Like there was like a retailer exclusives. I think there was a Target version of this too and a Walmart version and a Best Buy version. These games removed all of my enthusiasm for the Pokemon franchise. Um, I'm really sad to say. But anyway, going on to the collectible aspect, I still hate more about this. The collectible <laughs> aspect. This is well, keep a. Going. Uh, it's the thickness of about three 3DS cases. And inside, there's a regular ass retail copy of Pokemon Sun, a regular ass retail copy of Pokemon Moon, and just a random steelbook. And the steelbook looks nice, but it fits into the box. So that's its home. That's where it goes. You have two plastic cases that hold one cartridge each and the steelbook that holds both cartridges. When are you ever going to take the steelbook out of the case? I hate, I hate all of these releases. Either a steelbook is put inside a plastic slipcover, in which case every time you touch it, it's just going to be plastic anyway. So what's the point? But this is even worse. This is when they like just they just put a steelbook in a giant collectible cardboard box where it's just going to live. It's just like one of those items you like. You take it out of the box and you're like, huh, that's neat. Now you go back into your box where you live forever. It drives me mad. The, there's one good thing about this. I think it was uh, it, it didn't cost anything over the. No, it did. It did cost extra. I'm pretty sure this costed extra. Oh, I'm mad. Let me go look up what I paid for this. On yeah. Amazon, I think and it was like a hundred bucks. And that's when we lost Tyler. Oh, this was not a good, uh, not a good double pack. I'm mad. Anyway. Why are you mad, Tyler? You want to talk more about it? I lied about something. Can I redact something real quick? Sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, so there is another Metroid 2-pack on GameCube. It's Metroid Prime and Echoes, and it comes in the um, the the Metroid Prime uh, GameCube with like the actual the one with Samus's face on it. Oh, is this where it's like torn off on the corner? Yes. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So earlier I said this was the only two-pack involving Metroid. Obviously, that's incorrect because there's another two-pack that is both Met or Metroid One and Two. And if you don't Prime have the, if you don't have the Metroid, I thought it was just a. Demo Are you sure it's not those. a bonus disc? Yeah. Well, yes, but that's still a two pack. But I think it's just like trailers and stuff, or like a demo. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I think really? So. I would be a lot but, more excited for it because I see them. Um, I was looking for like a really nice sealed Metroid Prime, and those come up constantly, and they're worthless because they're just they're just an uglier yeah, version I'll, of Metroid I'll, Prime. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, okay, you may I, not be oh, wrong. All right. Well, then there's a, there's a question for for the room. Uh, if it's a double pack with something that isn't a game, is that a double? No, pack? no, no. Bonus discs are bonus discs. They're definitely their own thing. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah. Set this boy straight. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. So are you going to talk about how much this game cost the the steel book right now? So I have no idea. I paid seventy one ninety nine for it. So at okay. least I think I think it was uh, if that was more, it was like two dollars more. So whatever. Um, Johnny, do you know what it costs? Yeah, you can get it for about eighty dollars. Uh, between uh, sixty five and eighty five dollars really is the price on eBay. Completes for this. Uh, the one with the figures is a little bit more expensive, right? So for that one, you're probably going to pay a hundred dollars for it. And the one that just came with like energy like 200 bonus Pokeballs or whatever is the cheapest version of it because it comes with the least. I so. can't believe that this has held its value so well. In one sense, like Pokemon games kind of always hold their value. They do. Yeah. These are these are bad Pokemon games that were immediately replaced by essentially better versions of the same game. So, Well, hey. 
I think they have a different story, but so like, and, and I want to just be clear too. So there is a double pack. If you guys are unaware, like it is the double pack that comes with figures. It's like an extra large box because there is a single version of Pokemon sun and Pokemon moon that come with exclusive figures as well. This is not what I'm talking about. This is the double pack that comes with three different figures. Um, not one exclusive figure like the individual releases are. So if you hear me talking about the toys, that's the one I'm talking about. John, you ever think that uh, Game Freak makes Pokemon uh, limited editions to prey upon people who might have an infatuation with collecting things? Oh, absolutely. Uh huh. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, do you know how hard it is for me not to buy all the variants for Pokemon? Like my wife buys them and like, I can totally excuse it. I'm like, these are just for my wife. They will check a box for the one title I need for this system. So great. Um, but yeah, I, I can't do it with Pokemon. I mean, it's, you got to catch them all, right? I mean, they're, they're teaching you to collect things. Yeah. They're the worst. <laughs> so, um, anyways, yeah. If you're yep, going to get it, I like personally the one with the figures the best. Um, though I do love a steel book. Um, and, and sometimes you can find this stuff cheaper. Like there's a lot of these, but if you just like go for the buy it now, you're going to pay more. Like if you're diligent, you'll find this stuff around $60 and that's a good price. So like even, maybe even less look hard guys. So anyways, yeah, that's all you got on sun and moon. Anything else you want to go? Yeah, no buy heart gold and soul silver, the best Pokemon games. And they come in really sweet boxes and they come with a hardware toy. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, are those the ones that have like and, a pedometer or something? Yeah. Yes, but there's also an exclusive, like a Walmart exclusive of each one. That's like long and gigantic and super rare and expensive. It's like what? A, f- you Pokemon. Um, <laughs> you made it sound so sexy. It, uh, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> Stefan, what is your second one? You know what? I'm still waffling on this bonus disc because there is a demo for the game on that. That's disc. not a game. <laughs> a demo is not a game. Get Same. out of here. So, Stefan, so the, <laughs> the internal turmoil continues. Metal Gear Solid Subsistence comes with two different bonus discs on PS2, but the Subsistence version that comes in the Metal Gear Essential set has no bonus discs. So does one count for the set, but the other one not? <laughs> I mean, if it were you, probably. <laughs> if, a, if a Bayonetta comes with a digital oh or a disc, okay. does it make a sound? <laughs> Or count for a set. We'll get to Bayonetta later. Um, Just go on with your next one, Stefan. Okay. We're reaching back a little bit further to... uh, Is it... Anyone want to make an argument for Yeez versus Ease? Um, But anyway, uh, Ease 1 and 2. Ease is easier to say than Ease. Yeah, it certainly is. No. Um, So for the uh, Turbo CD, so uh, things to know about this release, uh, it is the only way to get either Ease 1 and 2 uh, on Turbo CD uh, because it just jumps right to 3. So there were no single releases. This is not a value bundle, even though you are getting a value because you have two different games. Um, This is the only way that you can get um, either of those games. Uh, is together for the for Turbo City. Um, the other thing to know is that there is a manufacturing variant for these games. Um, both the so the outer box, I believe, we've decided is the same. 
but the jewel case and the disc are different. So you will see them referenced as either Yeez 1 and 2 black or Yeez 1 and 2 white. And that refers to the color of the jewel case. The back of the jewel case is either black or white. But also, annoyingly... Also, the spine of the jewel case, like that ridge before the manual, is black or yes, white. Yes, right. I think that's what, that's what he's calling the back. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, the other annoying part is that for no reason in particular, the actual, uh, silk screening on the top of the disc is different. Um, there is a, there is a, a black section and a disc colored, you know, no printing section. Um, and that either goes from left to right or, or, or up to down, bottom to top, depending on, on which it is. Um, so they don't tend to command, as far as my research, command a premium one versus the other. Uh, they tend to sell boxed anywhere between 150 to 200. Uh, and CIC, uh, I think Johnny was saying, what you found one as low as like 40 bucks, right? That seems crazy. Yeah. But uh, but uh, buy it now, CIC, anywhere from 40 bucks to 90 bucks. Um, that's all I have to say about those, really. I like the games. They're good. Go play them. I I would like to know which is the first print. Well, one says TurboGrafx CD on it, and one says Turbo Duo on it. I'm going to guess the one that says TurboGrafx CD. The CD. white one is first. Yeah, ooh, white first print. That's the one you want. There we go. We put, just decided. Go put first print on your eBay listings. First print. first print. First print Turbo Duo, though. Uh? No. Both, <laughs> both first print, right? Different no, consoles. Uh, that, see, and we said the box is the same, but I, I bet the box is- That is a dumbass is... argument that someone would make, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Did you say the completes are about two hundred? Is like the average price for this thing? Yeah. Yeah. Completes are around two hundred, and then CIC, which is uh, jewel case. Uh, when we say CIC, that's uh, that's jewel case and instructions and CD, and that's forty to ninety. Yep. Complete in case. But yeah. So uh, white one first print. I- I'm sure we're saying they're the the boxes are the same. I bet there's like some printing variation yeah, or like a seal. A- the seal is slightly different. There's a TM or some bullshit uh, over in like a right hand corner that makes a difference, um, which will increase the price by a hundred dollars. So buy your white print now uh, is the point. <laughs> send me send me angry tweets if you if the boxes are different. Who and cares, it, Johnny? Who cares? Someone might actually like start looking at this. Don't care about the first print of a compilation. Just gonna throw that one out there. How about if you want the first print of East, you go get like the PC eighty eight version get, of Ancient no, East Spanish. No, get out of here! Boo. Oh my god! You did a video where you even Boo. told yourself that the PC ones don't count. There uh, has to be. Does MSX count? That's like, oh, it's like a console no. PC. Nope, because only American games count. When did the Master System East come out? Because that's not a compilation. That probably came out before this. Uh, maybe. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Um, also, if you just want to play it, um, you can get Yeez 1 and 2 on both the DS and the PSP. And the Wii, when that was still a thing. That's I think, the first, uh, first time I played it. I think the PSP on the one... Me too. The PSP one, I think, is also a remaster. Because it's called... It's called East 1 and 2 Chronicles, so that leads me to believe that it is a remaster. Yep. All right. Nothing more to say about that one, so uh-uh. I guess uh, I'll go to my second one. And this is more of uh, one that I just found interesting than is collectible. And this is Driver 1 and 2 Greatest Hits Double Pack. So what this is, it's the only way to get 
driver one and two as the double pack. There is no black label version. It only comes in this in this uh, greatest hits version. It comes in a slip case as well. I don't know why this thing needed a slip case. And it came with a bumper sticker. You will see a lot of them on eBay without the slip case. I don't know if it was actually released at all without the slip case. I haven't seen any sealed ones like that. That would make me believe that it did. Um, but most people just like toss those slip cases. So find the one with the slip case. They're not very expensive. They're $15 to $25. If you can buy it sealed, do that because that way you'll get the bumper sticker. Most of them are missing it. Um, yeah, it's it's driver. It's uh, you know, just the it's the standard uh double CD pack that the PlayStation 1 games had, like the RPGs came in. And instead of only having a slot, like Driver 2 was a double disc set. And then um, this one has just three slots for CDs. And they're all in there. They both have their individual manuals. And uh, yeah, pick that up. It's not like super exciting. The PlayStation has, you know, some other double packs. There's like a Sesame Street one that's also kind of in this uh, same vein as like a Collector's Hits one. But uh, there's not like a lot to speak of there. And this is this is interesting because if you were collecting the full set and do you consider this as like, does it count as, as its own release? Because these are all packaged in one case, right? It's not like it's not like they put driver one in there into a box and then driver two and then put a slipcase around it. This is one and two all in the same jewel case in a slipcase. So this would be the only way that title is found. So you could say, oh, I got the complete PS1 set, all the black label games. I don't do greatest hits. But if you say that, then you're missing out on a few titles like this. So anyways. But you're not because you have them both. This stuff. But I hate this stuff. Yeah. yeah, So but this is this is what collectors do. We get down to the minutiae and we fight about stupid like this. And uh, then we decide it's not stupid. We decide it's interesting. And also it came with a bumper sticker. And that's like a collectible extra, which, you know, I love. Um, I love those little extras. And, and uh, th- yeah, now it's cool. I think that's a good just general note too, Johnny, is to, when collecting a set, don't immediately discount the value t- the value re-release series because sometimes there may be a title that is not in the Black Label collection that you would technically need for the set. I know Xbox has a one or two, right, Tyler? That Boy, are only does. That are only player's choice or only Platinum Hits. Uh, they're all uh, bundles, yeah. Yeah. So there's like, uh there's like four that come with two games on one disc, and then there's the Tom Clancy triple pack, which has just three discs jammed onto one spindle. Yep, that one's great. Yeah. Yep. But oh, and then there's a like, Outlaw Outlaw Golf Sea Blade, which is a black label release with two discs. Girl, that that one's sexy. My point is, make sure that there's no releases in there that are exclusive to value titles uh, before you immediately discount those. Yep. In case oh. you want them, which I usually do, even though, like, I, I hate these because I feel obligated to buy them. It's like, I don't like budget label stuff, but it's like, oh, it's driver one and two. I guess this is $20 out the window, so I could just say I knocked this one out. Yep. It'll, I don't like these at all. That's literally all at we least- do, Tyler. At least it comes with a slipcase and a bumper sticker. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of cool. But, like, if you yeah. told me that there was some, like, Sesame Street game on PS1, and there it was is. the rarest, greatest hits game ever, and some there was it's one not. out there, I would uh, I would feel nothing. I'd be like, whatever. If I don't have that, that's a novelty. But then there's this, which is, like, 
technically it doesn't have a black label analog. I'd feel like, oh, kind of, I kind of want that. I don't like feeling that. <laughs> Basically, what you are hearing right now, dear listener, is Tyler, Tyler's internal struggle as he goes to eBay and buys this game tonight. No, I'm not buying it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving so. money. I'm, I'm a responsible adult now. I have a wife. Okay. Can't wait to see your next box of Japanese imports. <laughs> I hate to tell you this, Tyler, but like zero things has changed like financially for you between last weekend and oh this that's weekend. not true uh ada dies i get all her money yeah that was that was gonna say what <laughs> if we get dark you know tyler now stands to make money that's tyler's, true somehow tyler's i die ada has I'm just to saying, deal with life, a bunch of video games life didn't just suddenly you, get more expensive just because you're married that's all i'm saying have you like you've done this woman a disservice if if you die you are a burden if she dies, she is a boon. Hundred percent liquid cash. She buys nothing. <laughs> Just yeah, you are a burden to this woman. Have you apologized to her lately? Uh, all the time. Okay, yeah. good. You really need to have it set up where like we are supposed to come out and like sell your collection for you or something. I'm sure you would be her top choice to reach out to when I die. Just like I would go and backdoor Carly. Ha! Can we? Can we not? we not say backdoor Carly anymore on the show? Is that like, we have kids listening and they are asking what that means. <laughs> I'm so sorry, children. And, and what that means very specifically is to go around another person and try to, and try to garner a deal when, when an arrangement has already been made. That's right. Just going behind them and inserting yourself into it. Yeah. You, you go behind someone and you try to insert yourself into <laughs> their deal. Forcefully, it's, it's painful when that happens, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, it's a real pain in the ass <laughs> when you get back to work. <laughs> Tony, I love how you you were like legitimately were trying to like patch it up for a second, and they're just like, nah, nah, this is better. Let's do this. Sorry, kids. Sorry, everyone who listens with kids. I just, yeah, sorry. All right. Um, I'm done talking about Driver, speaking of things that are driven. Um, let's get to Tyler's next game. Oh, I really like this next one. Um, one, because I don't care about it at all. But two, I think it's fun that people care about it. Uh, it is the Powerpuff Girls, Mojo, Jojo, Agogo, and Dexter's Laboratory Disaster Strikes, the double pack for Game Boy Advance. Ooh, this and, is like uh, super current news. Talk about this for us. It is. And shout out to that game nerd who had a uh, has an information thread on Video Game Sage. That and is just a, made a really YouTube good video that documented some of the research he's been doing into this. So yeah, this is seriously, though, shout out to him because that one, that's a really good thread. It was funny, the timing on, on how all that worked out. For those people who think I don't go on Video Game Sage, I read some stuff sometimes, even though I'm not posting. Um, and yes, the YouTube video was very well done. So thank you for all of your information. I appreciate people who do that kind of thing. Go on. All right. So this is a, it's one of those games that exists out on the internet as concept art. Uh, but until very recently, you couldn't easily find a picture of one that actually exists. And 99% of the time that is for games that are canceled or for whatever reason, never came out. So if you're like, if you're doing deep, deep research into lists and you're trying to find like every xbox 360 game you can't just base if you see a concept art you can't put that into the list i think we say that all the time here you have yeah, to see it, a real picture of it it's one of the problems with modern gaming it's like the downfall of modern collecting it's it's a nightmare 
so the problem is like there's stuff that exist like this exists in concept art only but then there will be a physical copy out there it's just so rare no one has ever posted a real picture of it because it might just be a stupid children's double pack for gba yep and so uh he posted a thread on this in january and he's like he's like does this game exist and then like Last month, in February, there was a box of 50 GBA games for sale. Uh, 50 empty boxes for sale. And this game appeared in it. It was perhaps the worst pictured game of the entire lot. It had a light reflection going over it. But it was clearly this double pack. Yeah, it was. It looked like one of those listings where like someone just like wants to troll... Uh troll someone and be like here's a here's a box of nes games and there's like a stadium events in it 100 like, it totally looked like one of those pictures um and so that listing just the box and manual went for 433 dollars with 50 other boxes and then immediately that box resold buy it now for a hundred dollars uh nes master also on video game sage and then uh people started looking more into it because it's like oh this game definitely exists and just to be clear, there were records for sales for this game on price charting uh, going back to 2013 and a few sealed copies even before that for literally five to ten dollars. But obviously there's no pictures. There's no eBay record of that. And it's really hard to tell if that was just kind of uh, someone listing one or the other of these games and they picked like eBay's automatic UPC thing and they listed the double pack. Um, so it's really hard to kind of verify old listings like that for something that's so obscure. But since then, someone has uh, posted a picture of a sealed copy that they have. Um, so this game exists, and I think that's super interesting. That Basically, this, this game is not on any list that you'll find. Like, if you use the Nintendo Age GBA list, you're missing this from your list. And uh, a very few people out there knew it existed, and now I think it's more widely known, and now I'm giving this an even bigger loudspeaker. Hey, if you're collecting GBA, this game... Mojo Jojo and Disaster Strikes is probably not on your list. And also for the record, uh, the box includes um, the box cutout has a space for two separate cartridge and it includes two separate manuals. So the reason it's probably never been found is because the two copies of the game are just identical to the other releases of those games. I want they do they does it say if it has like the dash one? I can't remember if you said it has the dash one uh, on the on the product code on the cartridge. So. They have a box and manual, and they have a sealed copy. Uh, no one has a complete copy, at least no one that's come forward. So well, they I don't mean, actually know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there's dash ones on Ebay's, because carts you find dime a dozen all the time. Um, yeah, this, you know, it's funny that it happens to Dexter, too. Uh, Dexter's Laboratory also has other history on the GBA. There was a, a glitch or an error in the original Dexter's Laboratory, and you couldn't beat it. Uh, so uh, it had one of these uh, dumb revisions that came out. And uh, so there's a revised version of Dexter's Laboratory on the GBA. Um, a Dash 1 revision on the box. And the seal of quality is a little different. It says seal seal of quality or something. I, I forget the exact wording. But the, se the seals are different, the wording on them. And that's like pretty rare and expensive now too. So... Dexter's Laboratory, who knew you'd be such a pain in the ass for GBA collectors? What does the Nintendo seal of quality even mean if they'll put it on a game that is unfinishable? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought, like, the point isn't to verify game quality. It's supposed to verify, like, this isn't a broken product. We approve. So what does it mean? <laughs> yep. I, I don't know if it's always unbeatable or there's just a bug. 
a la I, your favorite game, your re- favorite wrestling game. I would wager that it wouldn't be impossible just because like you do have to go through the standards department of Nintendo like you have to submit that build so and that was true of in the GBA era as well so uh at some point a first party Nintendo employee had to beat that game about, <laughs> was that true on DS because there was that bubble bobble game that you couldn't beat that came out yeah which also I mean, got a dot one re- or point dash one revision love them dash ones I mean, theoretically, LotCheck is supposed to, or the first-party standards team is supposed to play all the way through a game. Or you can submit for something extraordinarily long, you could submit a video of your employee mm-hmm. playing through it, in theory. So, yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's entirely possible someone wasn't doing their job correctly at some point, but the process is supposed to be uh, that Nintendo does finish the game that you submit. Right on, guys. Let's make sure we do that... Um... Broken, broken games that got a revision collectibles episode. We have this and wrestling and bubble bobble. Got yeah, some we talk about ones. all the same games. Yep, listeners will love it. Yeah, they will. All right, um, and that's it, right? That's all of our, that's all of our big ones. We made sure we wanted to talk about. Yeah, unless you got more to say about oh. that, and uh, we can let's just throw it to the listeners. Uh, like I alluded to earlier, what the hell? do we do for the Wii U copy of Bayonetta? What mm. Tyler explained Bayonetta to the people. Uh, so the original Bayonetta two release on Wii U, it comes with a Bayonetta bonus disc, which is Bayonetta ported to the Wii U the entire game. Uh, kind of strange that it's just a bonus disc and it's literally the full game on its own. You usually see that as like a download code or something, but there it is. Re-releases of Bayonetta 2 did not include the bonus disc, I guess because they're cheap. I don't, that's well, a and, mean thing to do. And for the record, that was not, it's not like they re-released it as, as a different release. It's the same, it's a different printing of the same release. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's just like the insert doesn't say bonus Bayonetta anymore. Right. And my least favorite thing, RF Generation counts this as three releases. It counts the original Bayonetta 2 with the bonus disc. It counts Bayonetta 2 without the bonus disc. And then because Bayonetta on its own is a Wii U game, it counts Bayonetta. So this one game is counted as three games. And guys, I don't know if you've heard this. Make your own lists uh, because this stuff drives me nuts. Personally, I would say Bayonetta 2, the original release, is the one and only true game that counts for the Wii U set. Bayonetta is just a bonus disc that is included in that. Huh. Mm. Bayonetta one counts. Oh my yep. god, no it doesn't. Oh, I agree. It does it doesn't have a UPC all these nope. things you no, said no. about retail. Two versus I'm one. Just kidding. No, I'm oh kidding. <laughs> I just wanted your head to explode. <laughs> oh man, that was worth it. <laughs> all right. Um yeah, so there you go. There's our double pack episode honoring Tyler and Ada, two souls becoming one. I think that's part of the vows, right? That you didn't do? That's sure. like what is that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Vows. I don't know. There are a lot of vows talk about two souls becoming one and stuff. That seems um, way too I, corny for us to have ever said. Um, well, you know, I'm you sorry wrapped... for all the people who had that in their vows. Oh my god. Yeah, what are you doing? That. So, um, anyways, it's a nice sentiment, and that's why we did this episode, which I had fun doing. So, yeah. let's move to the next part of the show. This is just a quick one for you guys before we send Tyler off. Let's talk about if we bought or we played anything. Tyler, you were getting married. Did you have time to buy stuff? 
Uh, I bought something three weeks ago that I don't think I brought up on the show. Okay. Uh, I bought a new old stock color TV game six by Nintendo. Oh. The first Nintendo console. That was very cool. It is very cool. Uh, I'm is very it? happy about that. Did you also buy the Ultima modem today that you showed me? <laughs> no, that was a picture I found on Facebook, but I thought it was cool. Was that <laughs> that it's one? literally a modem that comes with Ultima. If the box art is all Ultima out, that came out in yeah. Germany. That thing is super it, cool. It's really cool. Johnny, uh, you like Nintendo. You should get a color TV game six. Nah. Eh. It's cool. Pass. Nah. Not going to do it. All right. No, thanks. You don't have to. They sold I, a million. I mean, you could find them. I, I, I won't. <sighs> Stop trying to make me, Tyler. I don't want to. Uh, what if you bought the Hanafuda cards? Does Stefan have Hanafuda cards? Uh, I, I have know. a couple sets. Are they yeah. like real old sets? Yeah, the like Disney licensed ones. Fun Club ones. Not the bulk. No, no, ones. N- yeah, no. Nope. Nintendo. Stefan, how much are real Hanafuda cards? Let me get into some Nintendo history. I don't remember. It's uh, but I have a couple of the um, the Disney the stuff that because having worked both in the game industry and for Disney in the game industry, that the Hanafuda cards that are Disney licenses interested me in particular. So I have a couple. Um, Disney oh, licensed. they they make like all different like weird license sets. They sure did. Oh, that makes me less interested. <laughs> I thought they would just be like, these are the Nintendo cards. Oh no, there's tons, tons and tons, and like not just Hanafuda. It's it's not just one game either. They did a bunch of different card games, and board games, and toys, and everything. Okay, so uh, Stefan mm. or Tower. I'm sorry, are you still going? Did you buy anything I said, because uh, I was looking on eBay, there is a uh, completely wasted, looks like it's been through the mud Nintendo Hanafuda card set for $90. Whew. And, uh, no thanks. Stefan, you need that for your, your display. There is one uh, Japanese-based seller that has just uh, like a ton of the Nintendo, early Nintendo toys, and he tends to be a little more expensive, but he also tends to be the only person who has any. So, um, so yeah, buyer beware on that. Um, is he on eBay? What's the, we have the claw. What's the claw? It's like, it's like toys of Japan it. or something like that. It's the eBay account, something like that. What's the claw toys name? I'm going to find him. The super hand. Right. Am I right? I ultra hand. Sorry. The ultra. Oh, hand. come on. Yeah, it's ultra hand. It's a cool Rookie. thing. Ultra right. hand. So what, let's talk about what you bought, Stefan, aside from a pinball machine, which you've already <laughs> announced to the world. Uh, how about two other pinball machines Uh, oh okay yeah it's been a while guys so uh i have Uh, yeah by a while he means like a week last episode somebody challenged him on pinball and now he has how many pinball machines stephanie go on tell the people five but uh it 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 isn't um i I mean it's been a while since we've that we've all gotten together and talked about what we bought so i have uh purchased a, a fair number of things most of them involving art as you know, listeners t- probably know already. I am uh, doing an art show uh, based ar- entirely around my Nintendo Power Art Collection uh, at the end of the month at the SoCal Retro Gaming Expo. Expo. So please come to that. It's going to be great. Hopefully, the first of many art exhibitions that I'm going to do. Um, so a lot of it, a lot of stuff that I bought was art related. Um, but I did buy <laughs> three pinball machines, four pinball machines actually. If you <laughs> if you include the one that's on its way. But uh, what else did I buy? I mean, what I think else? those. Are... 
What do you mean, what else? <laughs> Four pinball machines. Oh, I bought yeah. them all. One of them brand new, the other oh, one, one of the yeah, most yeah, beloved. This is Stefan here. <laughs> Quickly, I just want to tell you about the four <laughs> pinball machines I bought. That was to compliment the art hanging on the wall. Oh, what did you buy? Oh, PlayStation 1. Okay. Darling. <laughs> um... Also, I mean, just to gross. just to sort of, uh, address, since we're on the topic of buying, and I am, I clearly have bought a fair amount of things. Um, I it's probably fair to say that um, I did end up selling my Nintendo World Championship cartridge recently. What? Um, and uh, yeah, so and that was uh, when I I submitted it to WADA, and it came back in, in a nine point grade, which happens to be the highest graded. A copy of an NWC Gray, so I was Tied. able to capitalize on that, and uh, so I was able to pay off all the medical debt that Heather left me with, which was a blessing. And then I had some leftover, so I'm doing a few fun things, including buying four pinball machines. <laughs> I'm doing a few fun things. Four <laughs> pinball machines and the art, darling. No statues this time. Uh, I did well. I'll, I talked about uh, the sculptures oh, hold last on. time. <laughs> okay, good. We already talked I, about the sculpture. Yeah, I I do love to tease, but yeah, you know. you know you you did yourself a favor. You graded it. You you made your money on it. That's it's all totally valid for anyone who comes at you like me and teases you. Tell me no, to no. Show I up. just wanted to. Be, <laughs> I I uh, have been spending a little harder than I think normal, uh, and I just wanted I, you know I just I just wanted to say something. And, and not every pinball machine you bought was like a banger, you know. No. Um, you like Star you Trek? Yes, right. Like, not all of them were like five thousand dollar machines or anything. Is, right. is my point. That's correct. Yeah. So, I just wanted to be also fair about this statement. I didn't. It's not like you bought seven New Jersey Jack machines or something. Like yeah, that. or like all those like like five Stern machines or something like that. Yeah. I, I do okay. very much enjoy that Stefan had an NWC in a stadium events, and he's like loose stadium events or the highest graded NWC loose no. stadium events the one. No, that's because his wife got that for him. I don't care. And I you're, you, and you give no. context, it takes away from and my it's point. Definitely part of the set, which the NWC is definitely not. Oh, Stephen, and remember on my side. how we talked? <laughs> remember how you just said it doesn't matter if it's on a list. Sometimes just being cool counts. There's nothing cooler than an NWC for the Nest set. Boom, get out. Uh, also, Minnesota also State Lottery where... prototype. This was also that one. That's I also cool, got it back. NWC cool. I talk, talking about the NWC a little bit more. I mean, it. Uh, I think we've mentioned on the the um, podcast a couple times ago the uh, the NWC that traded straight across for the hundred and sixty three thousand dollar Brady card, and that was that happened right before I got this one back. So I wanted to try to capitalize that in case that was a one off because like. Um, you know, at that moment, people were like, there, there hadn't been a sale since that trade. And so people were like, oh, it's a $163,000 card or cart now. Um, and so I, I didn't want to risk sell, a sell into the hype. Boom. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't want to risk a scenario where the next cash sale was substantially lower. So I took the opportunity. Yeah. Sell into the hype. You did it. All right. Good job. Uh, well, yeah. I'm for that. Um, Okay. So, hey, listeners, Johnny here. Uh, come, come with me to the gutter in the slums, where I will, I will talk to you about buying PS One games in bulk. <laughs> yes, yes, dear listeners, let's not, not talk about 
thousands of dollars or even hundreds of dollars, but tens of dollars. Tens yes, and that, tens of tens dollars. Tens and tens of dollars. Uh, my average price on these games is something like $11 right now. Um, so yeah, I'm closing out on the PS1 set. I've said that. I just posted a picture on Instagram. Uh, from whenever you hear this, is probably like a week before that. And you'll probably see some more PS1 games being posted in the interim. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to close this out in the next couple of months. I'm about 55 away right now. So that's what I'm doing. I'm buying such sweet titles like, um, let's see, what did I buy? Uh, Killzone, Sentient, Chessmaster 2, Animorphs, uh, Rush Hour. Whew, Is there some a Killzone for PS1? Uh, killing zone. Sorry, oh, killing, zone. killing, okay. killing zone. Um, American bill, uh, uh, American pool championships. Cool. This is like this is These kind of super rare and desirable, Johnny. You know what's interesting is some of them are rare, and now like because until you like really get into eBay and like look at what's for sale on a PS One game, you know most listings of this stuff I see you know 40 games at any one time which you know I hate the price because all the algorithms say oh this is like a 7 or 8 dollar game because one sold for 3 dollars and had 5 dollars shipping so it's or it was a buy it now 8 dollars with free shipping and then 50 didn't sell and now this is the price people think it is even though there's like 40 for sale um anyways uh it makes all these dumb games that no one cares about expensive but it also lets me see games when cuz I'm looking for them individually not in lots like Hey, there's actually not very many of these on eBay. Not many of these have sold. So like that weird middle mushy ground of PlayStation 1 and at the drags and ends. I'm learning a lot about like these PS1 games and uh, forming a better opinion on like what is actually rare and what games are underpriced. So uh, I'll talk a little bit more about that when when I complete up the PlayStation. I'll talk to everyone. Uh, another thing I'm going to do is we'll do an episode. Maybe I'll, I'll make it a solo episode or like one of you, if you want to join me, but I'm tracking the last like 60 games I needed. I went to eBay and I found what is the lowest possible price to buy all of them right now. Like what is the lowest price I could possibly get it for? What does that, I made the list. What is the average cost per game? And then, uh, so I'm, I'm weighing that versus like, waiting for deals, like watching items, hoping people give deals, looking for messaging sellers for best offers and things like that, seeing if I can get that average cost of the games down and what the target was, what my target is versus the actual. So I think like it's average, like the games are like $15 each is what I have. And that includes shipping. Um, so this is the shipped price. It's like $15 versus uh, what I want to get my target price is like $11, which is a pretty substantial drop. And like, can I get there and how close will I get? Um, so Johnny, are I'm, you are you also tracking time spent? I'm just curious. Um, a little bit, but like most of the... Most it's of enjoyable, time, Steph, and this is the hobby. No, yeah, no, it is. But, but. No, no, I mean, that's it, it's fair because time is not free. And you know, one of my biggest thing is when people are like, well, time doesn't cost anything. My time is a, a super valuable resource and I hate when people discount it. Yep. Um, so... That's not to say that I don't enjoy it and I have fun, but I also wanted to do the research and just see what it was like. And most of the research was spent like watching the games. Once I already know it now, now I've already done all the research, know what the prices were. Like if I was just going to go through and buy them, it wasn't that much longer than me just going to eBay and then hitting buy on them. Right. Right. 
So, um, and I would have tracked in a list anyways, which one I still needed. So it was extra time, but it's not as much extra time because I do this kind of work anyways when I collect. So it, it wasn't like too much additional for me to do, but there definitely is uh, some time cost involved. I definitely could have saved time by just buying it and then not worrying about it. And there's also the real risk that I won't succeed, right? Like I might wind up paying more by waiting. There's already like three games that I was like, oh, these are kind of rare. I mean to go back and buy these. By the time I came back to it, it had already sold. And then the next copy is like $30 more than that one. So like I, I've already been like screwed on this. Because I said, hey, the lowest price one. And I didn't say like the average price. I said, this is the lowest cost on eBay for me to buy it. And so like there was a dragon seed for like $40. And the next best one was like $69. It sold before I could go back to buy it. And this is like an hour later. But I had already typed in $40 into my list. Now if I go back and buy it, I'm going to be upside down, uh, you know, on my value. So I'm going to have to do a lot of work because most of these games are, like I said, average price of like $15. It's like a lot of ground to make up. So I'm going to have to see what I do there. Yeah, this so. this topic I think fascinates me because I am definitely one, and historically I have been one of those collectors where I just get into a certain range of, oh, I have like less than 100 games left and then I just go and pull the trigger. That's like when, when Johnny came to me and he's like, oh, I have like 60 game le- games left. I was like, grats, you're going to do that today, right? <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And he did not. So I'm I'm really interested, and especially because, um, you know, like Johnny said, you know, he values his time very highly, and and so do I. And so that's why I'm I'm you I'm I'm incredibly curious to see how much time it really takes him to do this economically, and then if he actually does it economically in that time. Yeah, well, and it's not like I'm waiting too long either. Like, this is happening probably over the next two months. I imagine this will be done. So it's not like I'm going to wait. Like, I've already put it all, put everything on my watch list that are the lowest price ones, and I'm monitoring when they sell and when they don't. Um, and, it, like, if they come back cheaper and stuff, that's part of the process. Uh, so I'm going through it. Part of it I'm going, I know I'm going to get burned, and part of it is just for the science. So, like, what is the science of set collecting at the end? You know, should you just go out and hammer it at the end and get the dregs done? Or should you still be hunting? And how long should you be hunting? Can we start to quantify that? So that's all. I'll talk more about that after that process. But also, I I like to do this kind of stuff because I also find it very interesting. Because, you know, as you mentioned, time is a commodity. And it is super important to me. Um, So I want to see... I handle it very differently, so... Well, should that be our next episode? Should we do that? The value of time. Uh, what we do when we finish up sets. Because uh, I, I don't. Maybe a spoiler. I have nine SNES cards left, and I'm not just like finishing it up. Oh Got my god! Nine what? left. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, would... one of my cards I need is Dragon the Bruce Lee story. I, I would die. Card only. I would absolutely die. That's uh, <laughs> eleven dollars. Not well spent. <laughs> I overpaid on my last game, uh, SOS Sink or Swim. I overpaid by oh like three hundred dollars or something ridiculous. When I I single handedly caused a, a temporary bubble on that game when I bought it because it was the last game I needed for Super, and I was just not having it that day. I was just not gonna wait. Stefan, you're a maniac. Yeah. Uh, Should have tried so- Amazon. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, let's let's wrap this episode up, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, Stefan, 
you've got some new places for people to find you. So you go first. Tell us where to find you and tell us about your extra little thing you're doing. Yeah. So uh, all the old places. Um, so YouTube and Video Game Sage and Instagram at Archon1981, A-R-C-H-O-N, 1981. That's None of that's going away. I'm still doing that. The only thing that I'm doing extra is I started a Twitter account specifically for the Nintendo Power uh, art collection. Um, I have found that even though Instagram um, is very good for uh, visual media, I have found that the reach on Twitter is a little bit uh, further and um, and the engagement seems to be a little bit higher. So I have been sort of splitting my time between Instagram and YouTube, or uh, Instagram and uh, and Twitter. So that Twitter handle is the only one that's different, and it's Art of NP, like Nintendo Power, Art of NP. So um, and Why I think if you, you just why didn't what? you just write Nintendo Power? Uh, because I, you I've been can't. meaning to ask you this. Because there's a character limit on on names. Is there? Yeah. Um, it it would not fit. But um, but you can also have like your name. You know, like the account name that's different. Oh, okay. That, yeah, yeah. That that says the Art of Nintendo Power. Um, okay. So and I think if you search for Art of Nintendo Power, it'll probably take. It'll you find you. Anyway. Okay. I don't use Twitter much, as I'm clearly showing off right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I've been meaning to ask. I'm like, why did you call it this? Yeah, originally I that I tried and it get and it there's there's just a character limit. That's Perfect all. answer. Yep. All right. Hey, congrats on your new Twitter followers. Thank uh, you. And, yeah. And if um, you are coming from Twitter and you want to know if the show is always like this, yep. It's usually longer. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> yeah. is pretty short. I don't know. Am I mean on this episode? Uh, it, we go back and forth whether I'm sentimental or mean. Uh, we'll we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, the anyways. only other thing the only other thing I want to mention, and I already mentioned it at the top of the show, is that I am doing an art show at the SoCal Retro Gaming Expo, uh, all about Nintendo Power art and production materials, um, and that's going to hopefully be a recurring show. So at at various conventions. So if you uh, know of a local convention or uh, or you are a local convention that you or that you would like to to have me exhibit at, that's awesome. Um, I am. I essentially donate my time and my collection, and all you have to do is pay to get me there. So, um, and then I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to share the collection. So, yeah, nice. You're so um, good, Stefan. Tyler. Uh, Whoa, Mister Ada. That's me. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us where to find you. Oh, you could find me on my uh, my new Twitter account at <laughs> NES Homebrew, where I'm going to be posting about upcoming NES Homebrew releases and uh, not even true, uh, homebrew stuff in my collection. Now you're just confusing the people. If you want to book me for uh, oh Tyler NES at NES Homebrew, that is a real Twitter account, and he's a cool guy who posts about NES Homebrew. Not not surprisingly, um, I'm at all the places. I guess I haven't been posting anywhere lately because oh my god, no, you did a really good video. Oh, yes, please YouTube talk about the video. I did that instead of doing wedding stuff. I was like, uh, I yeah. got to get this in somehow. <laughs> please do. Please talk about that. Yeah, talk yeah, did, about uh, your video. Retro Gem Investments. It's a uh, it's a take. It's Retro Gem Miner does a reserved investments video. I enjoyed it a whole lot. It's about how to identify a first print video game. I'm almost positive every person that I made the video for has already watched it. So maybe you will think it's super dumb. But if you like that, go watch it. It's excellent. It's excellent. It's an yeah. excellent, excellent video. 
he also just nails the so he's doing an impression of the the gentleman that does the reserved investments youtube channel so if you aren't familiar and you want to go watch that video go watch like 10 seconds of any reserved investment video before you watch his video because the the impression is just spot on hey guys (laughs) wait did you actually watch one johnny i don't think he did do you think i did or didn't We'll never know. I'll never tell. I think you did. I'll never tell. Um, Like, this is a thing that I will keep to myself forever. To one of my friends, my best friend, I always tell him I've never seen Groundhog's Day. If you ever bring up Groundhog's Day in front of me, I go, I've never seen it. And I do that over and over again. So this will be one of those situations where I will just never tell you what Hmm. the truth is. I'm going to guess he hasn't watched it. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, Johnny, where can we find you? Here. That's it. You can uh, find me it. on this podcast. Not on video game uh, stage. Mo- no, I you well, I mean you can. You can message me there and stuff and I will respond. Um, you won't find me posting in threads very often. But I am there. I'm like searching through stuff. I'm reading people's uh, I'm reading people's threads. I'm gaining information. Uh, same way I always have, just lurking in the background. Um, but not posting. I'm not super act- I'm not an active poster there, but I am an active listener. And that's, uh, you know, people forget on forums, there's a lot of people just like that. They don't feel like they have anything extra to add to a conversation, but they're there listening and taking away things and, and learning uh, the whole time. So and making you know, their you, secret spreadsheets. Absolutely. I know you're out there. Uh, that's why that's why I have so many spreadsheets. I think, <laughs> I mean, I can't do all the research by myself. Um, so that's that. Anyways, yeah, you can find me on Instagram as well, Johnny underscore Ayuchi. And, you know, like if you wanted to message me on Video Game Sage, you could. It's Johnny. I'm just Johnny there. You could find me on Twitter as well, Johnny Ayuchi there. You can find me on YouTube if you want, but there's some like old collection videos. It's weird. I still get new subscribers and comments on those videos. And I'm like, these are filmed on like an iPhone 3 and like eight years old now. Please, please stop watching these videos. I, they look like shit. they sound like shit. So I don't really recommend going going for those unless you're really hard up to see what a whole Sega CD set looks like laid out for you. Johnny Ayuchi, um, how do you spell And some super Iucci? bad pronunciations. Oh, I-U-C-C-I. I-U-C-C-I. True. So um, anyways, I don't recommend that's where you follow me. I, I do recommend you find my Instagram account and troll the history of those. I show off interesting stuff there if you are a new, if you are a new listener to the show. All right, guys. Johnny. And... That's how what? I feel about retro gem miner videos that are like two months old. I'm like, oh my god, what was I doing? And you're like, yeah, my eight year old videos really suck. Yeah, they well, I mean, they do because that's like the last time I was posting like collector's videos. I mean, I also don't recommend you go read my blog. And there's a my blog was actually full of good information, and um, people read about that. Anyways, um, I didn't say what I bought. Did I? Oh, I did. PlayStation One. I got some good stuff coming next week though, and then I'll get to talk about. Um, Super excited. I just wanted to talk about it. I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, that's it. We're done. We're done here. Anything else? Anything? Yes. Chase, Johnny, what do you got? I, uh, <laughs> um, I just remembered I posted uh, the latest Retro Gem Miner on Instagram, and someone commented, I didn't realize the Retro Gem Miner was a real thing. I thought it was a joke, like how you guys always riff on I Am 8-Bit and Amazon Prime. Uh, Retro Gem Miner... Totally real videos I make. They are amazing. They're very bad. Um, they are no, great. No. 
for any of they, our new they, Twitter, uh, they are gems. <laughs> they are gems. Uh, so, for any of Stefan's new Twitter people, uh, I don't have a super lame YouTube name like Retro Gem Miner. It is, in fact, a parody of a game collecting YouTuber, uh, and the, and most of them have very low production values. I hope you enjoy it. Anyways, um, hey Chase Perdo, thanks for joining us on the show. Congrats on your nuptials. Have a nice honeymoon. Tell Mrs. Perdo we uh, we are thinking of her. I'm glad we finally got to meet her. Put that gem on your shelf to better yourself. All right, Grail Nation. Bye.